Welcome back to Light at Red. Um, we wanted to get one last recording in before Thanksgiving break, so if you um, need to listen to something on the on the in the car on the way to somewhere, or you need to not listen to your family or something, you can maybe listen to us. I think that would be a good option. I hopefully. do too. See, my family would listen to this when I'm in the car with them, and it's gonna really suck. So I, yeah. I'm not excited, but whatever. No, that I Let, think let's get to it. That'll be fun. I've done that before. You have? Yeah, we went to we went to Florida last year and uh, for a Taylor Swift concert. Of course. And we listened to the episode. I got <laughs> made fun of, but all all in good fun, right? You go. Where are you going for Thanksgiving? Virginia. We're going up there. I was actually just up there. We'll get into the game later. I went to go see Tech or State. Um, kind of like a little birthday gift thing because i'm stupid my birthday is not in december i thought you said december last episode uh it's november 14th so that already passed but uh yeah yours is december mine's not right um and then we're just coming back down here i have two days of school which is stupid but whatever and then i go back up on wednesday so right hopefully i don't need to listen to my voice you know you know what they say about virginia right what virginia is for lovers it is yeah you take you have a lover I'm taking her to Virginia. Her Virginia. Yeah. I'm bringing my lover from Carolina to Virginia. Nice. So it's like a shield. It blocks all the lovers in Virginia. Word. I have a lot of stories from there. There are a lot of lovers up there. They're kind of cool. Some of them were douches, but it's whatever. Whoa. We'll get douches. Into yeah, for real. Okay. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get we'll get into that in a bit. Um, we we have some some important things that we got to talk about today. Um, that mainly being that our cross country team won um its third national championship repeat um which is crazy because that that level of dominance in really any sport yeah any needs, any sport at all it's yeah, awesome it needs to be recognized um and then from there you know we, we have a couple of things on a couple of sports but we really want to talk about um our women's basketball team beating UConn that happened um last week but we didn't record last week, so we have an opportunity to talk about it now, and it still is relevant because it propelled NC State into the top 25 um, AP poll. Which, so. to be honest, they probably should have been in the beginning. Like It was a little on the edge of whether they would or not, and I'm glad they won because they definitely proved that uh, yeah. case, and now they're up in the the top 10, so that's, that's an awesome start for them. Are they top 10 now? Yeah, last time I checked, they were 10. Because they beat... Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if you watched them at the end of last season, but I, I don't think they deserve to be top twenty five until that game. I think that was really that was definitely like that was crazy. Cause they ended last season like just not playing good basketball. So with some personnel shake up and they got some of the scrubs out of the lineup, now they're I think they're good. So Which I mean it's all just prediction based anyways. Right. In the beginning. So yeah and um we'll round out the episode with uh we'll talk about these these last two road wins for football as we head into our big game our final game of the season regular season against uh carolina which is going to be a, a huge huge Humongous. rivalry game this big. is big acc kind of i mean we're not playing for acc title or like you know appearance in the title game but which, which sucks but it's it, okay it's for you know bowl standing stuff like that so it'll it'll be cool it'll be cool it's we have some some good notes on that and stone actually was at the virginia tech game so 
um, he'll kind of lead that one. And and I was at the the UConn game, so uh, we. Which one was more impactful? <laughs> Virginia Tech or UConn? Yeah, which one do you think beating a five and four <laughs> Virginia Tech team or beating a number two ranked UConn team? Yeah, I can I can walk you through the atmosphere of the UConn game. When <laughs> I'm we get sure there, it was awesome. Oh my gosh, it was it was deafening. It really was. Um, I was so glad I got to be there. That's like a a once in a lifetime thing, I think, to see. And you, and it, and it's credit to UConn too because it wouldn't it wouldn't be anything without you know their their program. Yeah, you know they they built that matchup up for us. They made it exciting. So, um, yeah. But before we get into that, let's talk about cross country first because they just won a national title. Um, we were not there. Because it was out of state. I think it wasn't. It was in Virginia. It was in Charlottesville. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you could have been there, but you yeah, chose maybe. not to. I be. chose not to. Yep. Yep. So you're kind of <laughs> the worst for that human ever. I'm I sorry. Like. I do apologize. Because it, it. I mean, it looks like it was a pretty, pretty major story. Like, like obviously they win the title, but they've won two in a row. Like, let's paint the picture. So they they've won two in a row. They've been good all season. Cross country. It's it's a little hard to track because they have so few meets and so they're reserving like certain athletes for specific meets. Like one big right. meet. Yeah. So for me, this is kind of my first year really keeping tabs on it and I I did have a hard time figuring out who was gonna run and what, but I I knew that like Tui was gonna run yeah, in yeah, for the sure. ACC title whatever meet and the NCAA title in the championship and game. that was accurate but apparently she was sick she was sick in the NCAA uh championship she had something i don't know what it was well little, little tummy ache tummy ache cold <laughs> don't know but she, she had something and it was her best runner probably ever and we still ended up winning the whole entire thing right um, well, last year she actually won the individual championship for the women. She finished first and she beat out, um, Parker Valby, I uh, from Florida. So she Valby, it was kind of like a rematch. Like it was like lightning, lightning McQueen versus like, um, who's the, who's the other dude? I I can't remember it either. It's the green guy, right? Is it with is the mustache? It, it's not Dinoco. Is he the antagonist of Cars? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is right? it really? I feel like Cars is more of a redemption story of, I guess, Lightning McQueen. Well, then you, so maybe you this use, isn't. Well, then you use the reference. Yeah, of, maybe it's like or the analogy, like Ricky Bobby versus um, whoever Sasha Baron Cohen plays in Talladega Nights. You know, the, the <laughs> dude, I have no clue. You don't know Talladega Nights? <laughs> I mean, I've heard of it. Do you? But you don't watch NASCAR? Look, I'm. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm not the greatest NASCAR uh, enthusiast yeah. in the world. Um, so well, you should watch Talladega Nights. It's funny. Okay, I will. It's a Will Ferrell movie. Oh my god, I love Will Ferrell. Yeah. Okay. You haven't seen this? I'll watch it then. Oh no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm so bad with movie names. No, yes, yes, no, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Ricky Bobby. I just have not seen the full movie, but I know exactly what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyhow. Sorry. Back to Caitlin All the audience, I'm really bad with <laughs> I'm really bad with names of movies and shows. It was it was a I don't know if they know each other personally, but that would be like a cool little 
movie video or something if they if they like were actually like bitter enemies and they like had <laughs> they a rematch. each other but that would be that would suck for us because parker valby won the that won the whole thing so but it's okay because we won the team thing and she didn't ironically like we said she didn't necessarily dominate the whole game it was seemingly or the whole race it was seemingly up and down the game right? like say game the whole race right, right. yeah what I'm seeing is that she kind of jumped around a little bit. Like she fell back to 11th, like three kilometers through, and then got all the way back up to fifth. So she finished fifth, um, but she probably would have finished higher than that if she hadn't been under the weather. Um, so that left the door open for that Florida runner to claim the first spot. Um, but in terms of the team, this is a team sport, and we have a lot of, uh, great athletes on this cross country team and NC state edged out Northern Arizona by one point. Now I will say I have no clue how the point <laughs> system works. It's gotta be on placing. I assume, you know, I, that's my guess. That's a good guess. You get points for placement and obviously whoever has better placements wins, but there may be some sort of multiplier maybe, or some sort of like, you know, higher for getting like in the top five or 10 maybe compared to like in the twenties. I don't know, but you know, all that matters is that we ended up <laughs> barely squeezing it out. Yeah. It was, it was a one point win. So, uh, sounds like a pretty close margin to me. I'm, I'm really, I wish I knew someone's going to have to, someone's going <laughs> to have to educate us. Know. us. Yeah. <laughs> but it was 124 to 123. Um, so Tui was our best finisher, but then, um, Amaris, I don't even Tenisma, I think maybe awesome. how you pronounce that. What a great. <laughs> um, she she finished um, behind Tui in um, 25th place. So that helped the team because a lot of, I mean, if you if you comb through the, the results, a lot of them are from different schools in the top 20. So that's, that's why the team took home the title. And uh, Kelsey Chimmel finished third last year. She didn't run in this one due to injury. So... Um, I think that just goes to show how resilient the team is and how dynamic and how many options they have um, as far as runners go. Yeah, so. for sure. But not being able to – still winning when your top player is not feeling well and one of your top three players didn't even run like and still winning at all, That's I think that shows that even after this year, we're probably still going to end up having some sort of dominance even if, you know, Tui isn't present. Yeah. seems like it's uh, – Pretty good. Yeah, that's, same, that's same, what I saw too. Same for our uh, volleyball team. We, in the last episode, were obviously hoping we had like around four games left before the uh, tournament started. And we were like, hey, maybe we could go three and one. Ideally, we were kind of up and down five and five in our last 10, when, something we brought up last episode. And we did exactly that. We won four in a row versus Boston College. We got our revenge then we beat Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Syracuse, all wins. Uh, it is the first 20-win season under the coach, and that is since 2017. So definitely the best season in recent years. We've obviously brought up a lot of stuff with volleyball and the players on the team and how the team's doing. I think this is awesome that they finished you know, with this great start, and hopefully the momentum can carry onto the ACC tournament that's coming up soon. Yeah, um, the I think the bracket gets announced for that right after. I mean, the season wraps up on on Wednesday against Virginia on the road, 
And then I think it's just a, a bracket of 64. Like, I don't, I don't know. Is, oh, do they not have conference it, tournaments? There might, there might be, but when I talked to their assistant coach, he was more focused on the tournament, the, the bracket. So being, maybe their place is solidified and maybe the, in the ACC. Yeah. It, well, they have one more matchup left. Obviously. In the yeah. ACC. But like, I assume it won't, I don't think it'll change. It shouldn't. They need to Much. win it. They need to win. They. I think he thinks they're gonna be in in the in the pool of sixty four. I would hope so. Um, which hasn't happened in a while. So that's something that we need to keep our eye on when they announce that. Um, transitioning away from that, we we definitely need to talk about the UConn game. Um, so yeah, I, I had the the privilege of going, and I mean it was just. I, everyone was like, yeah, we're going to lose. Really? That no one had confidence at all? No. And I I feel like I was a part of that. I was like, in no way, we're going to host, um, what's their coach's name? Um, uh, he's like, it's some, I don't know. He's, he's cool. UConn's coach? Yeah. He, um, we got to talk to him and, and Paige Beckers after the game. Um, uh, Gino, Gino Ariema. Yeah. He's he's like he seems really cool he's a big part of their dynasty and i probably should know his name <laughs> yeah, off Gino. the top of my head but <laughs> um yeah he had a lot of good things to say post game and it was cool to to talk to them but um you i mean we know that Paige beckers is an all-american and with beckers they had um fud and edwards edwards had 23 and 9 in their season opener. Mind you, this was the only only the second game of the season. So, when I was looking at the stat sheet, I saw that um, Beckers played the least minutes of all of the Yukon starters in the season opener, and she was also the only um starter to not score in double figures. So, I like I wasn't sure like cuz I know she's been injured um often in college. But when she's not injured, she's elite. So I I wasn't really sure what page we were going to get, if we were going to get, like, minute restriction page or, like, just baller page. And I would say, I would say Paige, to her credit, balled out in the, in the final minutes of the game when it didn't matter. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she was taking every shot in the fourth quarter with, like, four minutes left. Um, but Paige was not the best player on the floor in this matchup. Um, it was Sanaya Rivers. Ours. Yeah, it was, it was Sanaya Rivers. Sanaya Rivers. Um, she, you know, she's from the same, she's from Wilmington, just like Michael Jordan. She went to the same high school as Michael Jordan. Well, she's our Michael Jordan. She looked like sure. Michael Jordan. She looked like Michael Jordan. In that game. She did. Sure. I was so impressed. I, she got everything. She led our team in all statistical categories. Yeah, right. Like she got I know she got a double double as well. Steals, blocks, assists, rebounds, points, all one guard. She did it all. And I think she hit she hit a career high in a couple of those categories. I think it was assists. Um cuz she's I mean last season she didn't she didn't pass it like that. Like she's not I mean she she kind of became the point like the de facto point guard because diamond johnson was out a lot and so they relied on her to dish the ball out 
and she i mean that's not her natural position she's like a, a lanky like wing player um but when she was playing point guard she was moving the ball efficient efficiently um she you know is one of the more athletic players like regardless of what team they're going to play and i think the biggest thing was just hitting jump shots like i've watched a good amount of women's basketball and no hate at all <laughs> oh, no, no but i don't see college college i don't watch the wmba a lot um but i just haven't seen especially with nc state a player go out and just hit jump shots at like wherever on the floor and to see Saniah rivers and page just kind of shoot whatever they want and, and page was actually finishing more at the rim Saniah was the one hitting all the hitting jump shots yeah. at the elbow like just pulling up shooting she hit a couple threes like she couldn't hit threes last season she could not shoot which that was the question going into the year was okay she's like clearly good and you would definitely echo this as well it's like but she shoots like russell westbrook like this you know it's not really (laughs) which westbrook's a good player but if you don't have other shooters around her then there's going to be an issue which there wasn't a high majority of good shooters on ncc's team around her so that's why we were a little concerned but she since her turning that around she's absolutely solidified herself as one of the best players in college basketball especially just one person elevating the entire team into being into the top 10 after not being ranked at all and obviously beating UConn who if, I mean if you're living under a rock at least with women's college basketball they've been a dynasty for years years upon years the last time we beat them uh, was like in 1998 we lost the last six matchups versus them going back to 2000 2001 obviously we didn't play them every single year but uh, still even Back then, maybe a little bit sooner, they were still a dominating team. So uh, this is easily the best win we've had in a, in a good while. And hopefully they can continue it because um, they do end up playing number three Colorado. I'd say that's probably the next big game that's at home on the 25th of November. So um, hopefully we can carry our momentum and potentially win that home game as well. And Colorado is the team that beat LSU. Yes, right? and they won the national yes. championship last yeah. year. Yeah, and LSU's falling off a little bit. They have some issues with Angel Reese apparently not being there right now. But um, the, I know their team is obviously still very good. Yeah, um, I just really quickly wanted to mention the the River stat line. She played thirty eight minutes, um, scored thirty three points, had ten rebounds, five assists, three steals, three blocks. So if you play fantasy basketball, that's a monster line. That's a monster line. So I, I saw that, and it, I mean, you, it looked like she was doing that too. It wasn't a quiet thirty-three, like she was shooting, shooting like efficiently, out. yeah, right. And it was to the point where I wasn't even, I wasn't even paying attention to other players on the team. Like that's literally my job is to like analyze <laughs> the game, like the game. But you're and just I was just so drawn like, into the performance. I really was. She looked like one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. Men or women, so which, yeah. if you compare the two teams, that you could definitely say that she would be, especially with her, like comparing them in each sport, um, definitely awesome for that. So that's very good. Now, men's basketball, they have kind of not. I mean, they haven't really played any good teams. 
So we can't really give a definitive answer as to if they've been very good or not. But they've done what they're supposed to do, and they've been crushing these lesser teams. So that's very good. Scoring eighty over 80 points in their last two games, winning by a margin of at least 20 in both of them. There has not really been a lot of complaints, to be honest. I think both of them have clearly looked very good in terms of all the teams and players from men and women, men especially with just how balanced they've been. Because like we said, we were trying to find some sort of star, and it seems like a different guy is emerging each game with the consistent one being DJ Burns, which is very good. Because if he can consistently get you double-doubles, or not even double-doubles, but like close to 20 points and just be a guy who's not fouling out in the paint, that is a very good recipe for success. So we can't, we, we just don't have a ton of in-depth analysis on it because we want to wait until they actually play, you know, relevant opponents, uh, which I would say that's their next game as it's against an SEC school. It's just, it's probably the worst SEC school, like one of the worst in Vanderbilt. They haven't really done anything. And it's Vander- at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. You're built. Remember when Vanderbilt. Allie was on here and she said, she said, what are you going to wear it? <laughs> Vanderbilt. <laughs> Did I say the Vanderbilt? And she said, no, that. it wasn't you. It was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It was the other person. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes I forget the, the name. Like when I was a kid, I used to pronounce like uh, Ole Miss. I said Ole Miss when I was a kid. <laughs> That's how I used to pronounce. Or uh, Providence. Or I would say what? Providence instead of Providence. Providence. Yeah. I like, would say Providence when nice. I was a kid. A little dumb little, kid. Little dumb analyst kid. <laughs> but uh, I knew what I was talking about. She didn't know the team name, but we play at Vanderbilt. And then, as I just mentioned, we're also at Ole Miss, which Ole Miss is, I would say, worse than us, but still not as bad as Vanderbilt. So that's definitely going to be a game. And then Boston College, and after that, our next biggest one is definitely Tennessee, which Tennessee is playing like a top three team right now, 100%. So that'll be a telling game. I it's kind of a long shot. We a long shot that we win that, but I think we could at least see what we look like against you know top seeds. Because if we make the tournament like we're hoping to, as a 10, 11 seed, maybe even nine, those are the kind of teams in the second round. If we win a first round, that we're gonna have to face. So we'll get into that after the break, but or the winter break. But there's just well, I there's not a lot of stuff to go over versus Charleston Southern or ACU like. What? That, like from what NC State has won. Like what we beat Charleston Southern. ACU. Oh. Abilene, Abilene Christian. Christian. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what is that? Yeah. So yeah. whatever. But we'll get we'll get into that later. Hopefully we win some games. Um and then we can end it off with football, which has definitely, I would say, rose in terms of people's popular their popularity in terms of people's interest on campus. Because we did an episode, uh, I believe it was with Ethan when he was here, and it was after the Duke game, and it was just like, there's no hope. Like, we were very disappointed. I sure was, at least, speaking for myself, and there needed to be some sort of major flip for them to even want to... Obviously, they were on pace to reach a bowl game, but it would have been a low bowl game, and they were not going to really reach more than, like, eight wins. I'd say, like, seven or six was what they were looking at, and... As we mentioned last episode, they've just been killing it and have been on an amazing run. The two games at home that we won versus, I believe it was Miami and um, Clemson was the other team. Yep. 
And we went on these two road games and did the same exact thing. So that is extremely, extremely, extremely um, satisfying. And it makes me feel so much better about the team itself because road was kind of what I was worried about. And for them to go out there and not really have a question in either of those games is huge. Uh, At least, you know, analyzing both of them. I there's not I don't want to like do this super in-depth thing just because it's kind of just it was kind of like the Wake Forest game was literal domination. There's not much I we had a hundred um or no we had two hundred and sixty-eight rushing yards and they had seven. Like that's absurd. The Wake Forest game where we won twenty-six to six wasn't even a game at all. Um and then tech, the one I went to, was a little bit closer score wise, but in general, the game was never really in doubt, especially if you watched it. Like, I think, Griffin, you said you stopped after the fourth quarter because a mm-hmm. lot of people did because it was over. Like, we we pretty much won. They just scored in the last second and tried to get an onside kick, and it didn't didn't work. Um, the experience there, though, I would say, just from a like stadium and just going there perspective, not really analyzing the game, it was really cool. Uh, I know t- people say Tech has, like, a really good environment, and it's, like, pretty crazy sometimes when they're there. I know Sam Howell had said something about it when he was asked about some of the best atmospheres that he's been in. And when he was at UNC playing at tech, they were definitely, definitely pretty crazy there. I would say that was the case for, for this game. Like the intro at least was electric. Uh, all the people there were pretty nice. There's this one douche who was in front of me with his wife is this old guy. And he would like, get mad or whatever if you would say something after a play. I'm like, well, it's not my fault your team is shit, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, why are you getting pissed at me? Because I know what, the f- like, hell I'm talking about. Like, I don't... And then yeah. he left. Him and his wife left or whatever, like, after the third quarter. And when he got up, he poured his beer on a random girl in front of him. And my mom, my mom like flipped him off when he left there. And wait, she didn't even do anything. The girl in front, she did nothing. She was a tech fan as well. Oh, he was just pissed. I don't know. He was a he was a dipshit. So I don't, I'm I hate him. I hope I hope he trips when he left the stadium okay. and got I got a bruise. He if he's listening, he's not listening. But people who were there with me, they know he was he was really the worst. Bruised. Yeah, but yeah. The, all, everyone else was really nice. You know. They weren't like Cowboys fans or Eagles fans, like after games or whatever. They they were really they were really chill, and yep. I'm, I mean maybe I say that because my family is also, but even the people we didn't always just sit with my family. There were separate tickets that we all got. Like my aunt and uncle got separate seats, and my cousins got separate seats, and then my mom and dad and brother did as well. Um, but the fans around were pretty cool. Uh, but then the game itself. Um, I think, you know, if you want, you can go into, uh, some of the stuff you saw, but I, it's pretty much similar to what you had wrote down. Um, and that was conception, Raphael and Armstrong. You said those were kind of the guys that you saw that kind of stuck out for you in this game. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's been, it's been clicking and I think, um, Michael Allen was out this game, so they were relying more on Kendrick Raphael, but we've seen big things from Raphael the past three weeks. Um, and I was really excited about him before the season even started. I thought, you know, this this is a freshman running back who, you know, could take on a, a big role. And that's, you know, that's been the case. And I think 
even if Michael Allen is healthy, I think Kendrick Raphael still needs to get at least 10 touches a game because he's proved to be kind of a an explosive back, everything that you want out of a running back. Um, and as far as Casey Concepcion, um, I I mean, he's the best. He's he's a... <laughs> He's he's very no. It, you can like, put him anywhere yeah. on the field, and he's going to produce. You can game plan for him, which I'm sure teams are doing. They're saying, "Okay, there's number ten on the field, right?" I was watching the broadcast, and they were like, "All you need to do is look at ten on offense and eleven on defense." Yeah, that's it. Peyton Wilson and Casey Concepcion, and then they both still produce. Yeah, like so. I don't know what. I mean, obviously it's a team sport, but those are by and far the two best players that we have. They just happen to be on opposite sides of the ball. And I think it's really cool that uh, Casey is a freshman because he, you know, he's going to be around for a while. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. Um, but he looks to me like an NFL level receiver just because of how dynamic he is and how well he does in space. Um, he's got that next level speed. It's just I think early in the season they didn't they didn't realize his his potential until I think once, once Armstrong was benched, exactly. they had to rely more on him. Exactly. And That's my point with Armstrong back in the lineup. It's like, okay, so we can still rely on KC while utilizing Brennan's yes, strengths. 100%. We had talked about it before the podcast about the, the Armstrong thing, which obviously if you listen to previous episodes, I was not in favor of the benching. Other people were, and obviously it turns out now that Armstrong was definitely a better quarterback than MJ, which is mostly my point, is that I just didn't see a difference that I thought Armstrong was better for the offense in general um, because he provided so much more with his legs. Like, so much more. And it's so obvious in these last two games. Like, if you, like you said, you can know what's happening and they're still producing. That's an NFL-level player. So, at least on defense, which defense I don't even have a lot to say because it's been the same thing it always has been. It's been very elite, especially for ACC, and the players haven't really fallen off. The only thing is the secondary is a case. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but the front seven is as consistent as it gets, and Peyton Wilson, I'm very excited to say, hey, I covered him and that we covered him and we were able to watch him when he is putting on an NFL jersey and playing on Sundays because he's a total stud. And as you said, Casey is, I think, is easily the best freshman not only in the ACC, one of the best freshmen in the entire country because no one else is producing like he is and no one, other teams are saying, hey, we know this guy's getting the ball, but we still can't stop it. And I think the turnaround and the credit needs to go to Robert and I and Dave Dorn because they, at least with Dave Dorn specifically, just talking about him, after that Duke game, like it was not bad to say, hey, we this is what we're projecting for the season. Like if you want to save people thinking about you're going to be fired, you need to change it. And he 100% did. And it worked. And I think him and Robert and I clearly had talks, and Robert and I has done an awesome job doing exactly what I wanted him to do, and that's utilizing more motion. Because motion creates these different plays that the defense doesn't understand is coming. And they, like, I think the past two games are a perfect example of them taking, hey, this is what Brennan is good at, and we knew this beforehand, before he was benched, that he can run the ball. And he's not a bad thrower. Like, he can get you these occasional down-the-middle throws. Sometimes on the outside, on the numbers, deep throws, he doesn't hit all those. And he didn't in the past two games, especially against Tech. He missed a few throws that were outside the numbers that he needed to get. But 
what he does do well is run the ball. Even when you know he's going to run, he still somehow gets like seven yards. And down, oh, across, across the middle, he can still throw that. And KC is an amazing playmaker, and they weren't using him in motion beforehand. And when they benched Armstrong and brought in MJ, they're like, okay, we need to, as you said, find different ways to do the offense. And it was through KC. And I guess to the defense of an eye, you know, we had said before the season started, we wanted to know who was going to step up, like in the receiver position. We didn't, we thought it was Rosner, other guys. We didn't really know. KC was right there, but he wasn't as consistent. And suddenly throughout the year, he's been way more consistent and he's been getting the ball way more and has produced like <laughs> tenfold. I mean, it's amazing. Even when MJ was starting, it was obvious that KC was clearly the leader of the offense because he would get a quick, you know, screen and KC would just take it like 60 yards to the house. And that's technically a pass. And like I said, that's not anything that MJ is doing. It's KC doing it. So I love how they're combining more use of motion and Casey getting the ball more plus Brennan being able to run and it's made the offense peak, which the defense is staying the same and it is a perfect culmination going into the final game of the year against UNC, the biggest rival who is on the decline. They have lost like some games that they should not have lost in general, like they lost at home to Virginia, they lost at Georgia Tech. Both of these teams are definitely one of some of the worst ones in the ACC. I would say Virginia and has been playing much better as of late, but their records still it's it's what it is what it is. Like they're not looking at a bowl game at all, and neither is Tech. And the fact that you lose those two games is not great. And then I think just not trying to be like recency bias, but with NC State. With the Clemson game being after the Duke game when we kind of were like, okay, this is what we're trying to figure out with our offense, using KC more, winning that game against Clemson by 7 versus uh, UNC losing to Clemson by 11 as their last game. I mean, I I think that kind of shows that, hey, we you should absolutely be thinking, hey, we have a total chance of winning this game. I'm like, I'm a better. I like betting. I think NC State is underdogs. I would totally take that. Not just being like an NC State biased. And I, I don't I try not to be biased on the podcast. I try and do a lot of due diligence and stuff and not just, hey, when they're good, I'd say this and when they're bad, I ignore this. Like, you know, I have my opinions and I try and stick with them no matter the face of the team. But I think these two teams are going in completely different directions and it's at state. And I think the biggest difference is gonna have to be the fans. Because we need to make this place electric and insane and the one of the craziest environments in college football for us to get even more of an edge in order to beat this Carolina team. Because Carolina is one of the most volatile teams in the entire ACC. Their offense is amazing, but their defense is horrendous. And they're also the second most penalized team in terms of penalty yards in the ACC. So I think if we can stick with what we're doing... But like you said, I do like how you brought up Raphael because I think we need to use him a little bit more. He did get 10 touches in the Tech game, 8 rushes and 2 receptions, but I think if we can use him a little bit more, just because when you were watching the Virginia Tech game, it was like, okay, well, it's either going to be an Armstrong run or a KC sweep, and he's going to get it. 
And they did a great job mixing in, hey, Armstrong can throw down the middle. Or, hey, if you didn't watch, Casey threw a touchdown because they did the screen. They're like, oh, go get him because he's just been doing motion the whole time and threw it because the defense was not ready. Perfect play calling. If we can keep up this play calling, the defense stays how it is because you're not going to beat, like, you're not going to stop UNC, but you can limit them. So if we can limit UNC and continue doing what we've been doing on offense, holding the ball, we have like the second longest time of possession in the whole ACC. Keep the ball, limit the chances the offense has for UNC. I definitely think we can win this game. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think the way you broke down what they're doing with the offense is accurate. And I think um, going back to to fan bases, um, I have a little story about a UNC fan. Oh. Um, so I, I went to go get, I went to my dentist appointment two weeks ago. This was a, the Friday before the Wake Forest game. And my, my dentist uh, graduated from UNC. And like, I was talking with my like hygienist about where I go to school and like relationships and we're just chatting it up. And so she told my dentist that like everything about me, I, I'm not sure why um, <laughs> I thought it was confidential. Um, but he comes in and he's like, so you go to NC State? And I was like, yep. And he was like, oh, I went to Carolina. And I was like, nice. He's like, yeah, you guys are, you know, keep your eye on that Wake Forest team because, you know, you guys might not, you know, might not win. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, buddy. And then he, <laughs> he goes and cleans my teeth. No, he's, he wasn't supposed to clean my teeth. And he just, like, he's not the hygienist. He's just supposed to check for cavities. No cavities, by the way. I have, Good. I have perfect teeth. Nice. Um, but he he was like hurting me. You know, he like, was also incorrect. He was inc- we dominated. Wake no, but Forest. more importantly, he took his little metal tools and he was like, oh, he was like messing with. He was the being whole time? A, he was being aggressive, like really hard. He's being aggressive because you mouth. were in NC State. Wow. I think so. Wow. I don't know. I didn't like his attitude. I think he was wow. being he's being mean to me. Obviously, that doesn't uh, inculp us all. Um, UNC fans. It does. <laughs> but let's say just for motivation of the game, everyone just think that that's the UNC fans. They probably already do. I'm a little more tame, but everyone else, is, which is probably better for them to not be more tame because then they can channel that aggression in the in the game. But again, like if we want to win this game, I think the biggest thing obviously is going to be the play calling and, and our offense, but it's home. Like we got to make sure it's home field advantage. Not like the freaking Carolina Panthers, my stupid team, who plays the Dallas Cowboys and it's half Cowboys fans. It's probably more Cowboys fans than there are Panthers fans. It's got to be all out. They can't hear anything and make Drake May's life hell. Because he's not going to necessarily lose in the game. We're going to have to take it. And hopefully we do that. And obviously we'll have analysis of it. Because it also gives us a better bowl game. Like, well, we would have a... We have, I think... You mentioned, you know, we won't make the ACC tournament, or I mean the ACC championship game, which sucks because if we beat Louisville in that home game, that was like the worst game we had because we had 10 points, they had 13, and we had missed field goals and all this other BS, but it's whatever. And then Brennan um, threw it. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> he was not great. He had a bad throw, but like the that offensive was... line was horrendous. The running game was horrendous. We didn't use anyone. We had one receiver that caught like more than like a 20-yard pass. Everything was bad except the defense. But if we can win this game, this gets us like a very good bowl game, which I think only helps promote your program in the eyes of the public and maybe get you more recruits. And if they can obviously win that game, that'd be huge because it'd be a 10-win season. So 
winning this game is not just big because it's a rivalry game. It's big because it propels us even higher in chances of getting better recruits because the resume for Dave Doran is so much better. So hopefully they can do that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a 10-win season would be the best in yeah, the Doran era. I think era. so. I so think that so. would be crazy. They, well, because they've won eight games like the past five years. Yep. With all these other elite programs, they just aren't looked at the same because they don't finish or they don't elevate. The, like Clemson's on there. Yeah, well, Clemson has won a national title. You know, Notre Dame's on there. Notre Dame has been to the college football playoff. Oklahoma's on there. Oklahoma, been to the college football playoff. We haven't even been close to that, let alone winning the ACC. So that's why we need to finally break that mold to where we can try and build off of it um, with some of the younger talent that that we have, even if, you know, Wilson will be gone. Um, I think that this still means much more, not only for this year, but for the next few years to come. Definitely. Well, I think that's all we got. So enjoy your holiday break. Um, we'll enjoy our hours and for sure. Um, I think, are we, are we done for the semester? I think so. I, I think, think we're we'll, done for this. Semester. We'll be done for this semester. We're going to go Thanksgiving and after that, It'll be finals, so obviously, yep. if you know, we're students, so we got to kind of focus on finishing the semester off strong, and then it'll be break, and we will jump right back in in the next semester, and we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about, because college basketball will be going on, football would have finished, other sports will be starting up, so should be good. All right. Well, enjoy your holidays, and uh, I guess, yeah, this has been Light at Red for the semester. Music in this podcast was Jonas Hipper's King of Sports and Vibe and Sneaky, licensed under Creative Commons from the Free Music Archive.